Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at pleasedonttellanyonepod at gmail.com. Or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, Please Don't Tell Anyone Pod, or TikTok account. Then he informed me that he didn't have the money to pay for it and that he would have it when he got we got to the destination. And I said, well, I want proof. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand just like you. I'm in Maine right now, and just to protect your privacy a little bit, we're in a, a small coastal town in Maine. And the other day I was having car troubles. I needed to get a rental car and there was no Ubers around here or Lyfts or anything like that. So I looked up a local taxi service and I met you. You run a local delivery slash taxi service, just right. giving the listener some backstory. And okay. when you came and picked me up, someone else was in the front seat. And I thought, oh, this is strange. I guess in this area, they do a buddy system just in case I'm a murderer. And I got in and I genuinely thought you guys were friends who were in a fight because you didn't speak <laughs> the whole ride. And I was just in the back seat. And then we got to a grocery store. I can't wait to, I can't, she's one of my one of my best clients. I can't wait to tell her that. <laughs> well, you got to understand from my and perspective, way- I was like, what by the way i told her what she's you know when you said you you had a podcast yeah she, she and i told her which story i said and she goes oh she you should tell her the one about the pocketbook and i'm like well i have a, i have a wide selection oh yeah i'll have <laughs> you tell that one now too we're gonna like, get them all oh man <laughs> them all that would be you should really just start your own podcast but so anyway yeah. i'm in this car with these two women who i think are best friends in a fight and we end up at a grocery store and she just gets out and she's like, I'll call you when I'm done or something like that. And she left. And then you were like, do you want to get in the front seat? And I was like, sure, I guess. So I get in the front seat. I learned that that's one of your clients and that this is all part of your service. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that you were I, I just knew nothing about your service so in in the course of our drive to the rental car place I learned that you're pretty constantly moving all day long you were getting these phone calls and I witnessed it myself when when I was in the car somebody called to order cigarettes and Chinese takeout from two different spots that you have to go to and <laughs> it was just wild and I'm yeah. from New York and I'm in Ubers and taxis all the time, but this was a service like no other. I had never seen something like this. Mm. And the more I got out of you, the more interested I got. 
and Ooh. kind of the first level of that was we were talking about alcohol because I thought that you would be a great like DD service so that people wouldn't have to drive. Yeah, definitely. And you were talking about how, you know, you really are. And we were talking about kind of the ethical dilemma that you face with that when people want to go buy alcohol and how great you are in that you have someone right now who said, don't pick me up anymore. And you're, you're right. yeah. abiding by that. Yeah. But then I asked you, what is the craziest thing that has happened? <laughs> and you, you were literally pulling into the rental car space and you were like, oh, it's a long story. And I was like, no, please tell me. And I usually go into these podcasts blind, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to this time because I needed to hear the whole story mm. in order to tell you that I needed to have you on the podcast. So this is a wild story. I thought it was over each five minutes and it just kept going with a crazier twist. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but, but before we get to that, tell me the pocketbook story. Now, is that a wild story too or what happened there? Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty wild story. Um, <clears throat> I got a call. Because, you know, when you get a, when you're a taxi service, you can get a call from anybody asking you to come pick them up and see where. So the reason Ubers and Lyfts don't work here is because we're so spread out and, yeah. and the population is not, doesn't support it. And so this, this particular person would, it required me to go probably 25 minutes to pick them up and then bring them back to our location where I'm out of. And so she, her it kind of, the conversation went kind of like this. Uh, can you come pick me up and yaddy out of town and uh, bring me back to your town and to the police station? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that's intriguing in itself. And so then she, uh, we made the arrangement. She gave me the address, and it was like a harbor master's address. It wasn't her address. It was where she she said, "Well, I'm on a boat, and so when you get here, just let me know." So I got there, and it's nighttime, dark, and I I can't see where there's a boat. And she said, "Well, just look for the lights. There's lots of lights. It's a big boat." She neglected to tell me it was a yacht. She was working on a yacht. And so then she finally comes to the car and we drive down. And she's, and we, so we've got a, like a 25 minute drive. She had lost her pocketbook and the police picked it up and it was in there lost and found. And she needed to go pick it up. And so we get to the, to the police department. And I said, well, do you need a return trip? And she said, no, I'll, I'll figure that out. I'm like, okay. So, so I took her money and she went her way. And then uh, I thought that was that. And so two days later, she, she called me. And she said, uh, and I'm, I'm actually very busy at that point. And uh, she said, so she says, um, can you go uh, pick up my pocketbook? It's in the middle of the road on the main street in my town. Uh-huh. And I'm like, really? You lost it again? And she said, yes, I did. I lost it again. I mean, if I lost my pocketbook, 
I would be keeping my eye on that pocketbook. I would not let it out of my sight. Yeah. But she yeah. she said it's in the middle of the that was that was intriguing in itself is that it's in the middle of the road. And I'm like, I really don't think it is. So that would be it might be off to the side. Because she was tracking it. She had a phone that she was tracking it on. And so I said, okay, give me, you know, give me about 30 minutes and I'll go look. And she was going to pay you to go look. You weren't doing this out of the goodness of your heart. Well, at that point, I was doing it out of the goodness of my heart just to see if it was there. (laughs) Yeah. Because I really wanted to see, you know. Yeah. That she had lost it again. And so she... um, so I went, and I couldn't, you know, I called her when I got there, and I said, I don't see it anywhere. And she said, well, it's across the street from, because she had given me a motel name for a, mm-hmm. for a marker. She said, it's across the street, and between another motel and a wellness. I said, okay. So I took the bait. I went across. And I'm looking in the bushes. I'm looking all. I'm looking at the motel. I'm looking, you know, at the sidewalk. And so then she's like, "Well, there's a a white shopping bag with it. So it's not just her pocketbook. It's a bag of stuff." <laughs> and so I walk up the sidewalk, and it's sitting on the steps of the wellness. Center. And I'm like, "Okay." You know, I, I found it. She goes, you did? She's like, can you check and make sure that it has two phones in it? So she's on a phone, and she has two other phones. So she's got, like, three phones all together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, everything's, you know, the phones. She said, can you just keep it in your car until I get back to you? Because the yacht has already left the town that you picked me up in, and we're going to Nova Scotia. And we're not, you know, I'm not sure where I'm going to be. So I've got her stuff in the back of my cab for probably, it was a total of four days Okay. by the time I got it back to her. And so finally she, she called and she uh, went and she wanted me to look through her stuff just to make sure it was there. There was $8,000 worth of cash and... Two phones and, you know, the stuff that she had bought, it was all soaking wet. It had been it, it had been sitting on the steps for probably overnight, I would presume. And so then she she wanted me to bring it two hours away and she paid for me to do that. Yeah. Which was like, you know, it was it was a hefty fee. And she wanted me to take it to the police station, which she can't take it. Police don't like you. They don't have a lost and found that you can just drop stuff off at. You know, if they find stuff, it's a different story. And so I ended up taking it to a motel or a hotel, a big, at another coastal town two and a half hours away. Was she there? No. I don't know if she got it or not. And you just... you. You don't know what her deal was at the end of it. No, she was a yachty. Um, so we made up several stories to kind of fill in the yeah. blanks. Like uh, she was out partying all night. 
That's why she, you know, dropped her pocketbook. I, I just hardly believe that. So that's a story that ends with a mystery. The story that you're going to tell us now doesn't really end with a mystery. I mean, it kind of does. I guess we don't know when you jump way ahead what... Anyway, I won't even go there because I want you to tell it. So please take us to the weirdest ride of your life. The weirdest and probably the only... Being being a cab driver is, and a woman cab driver is really... Um, you know, I've never felt unsafe. I can honestly say that, except for this day. And uh, so, and, and being a woman cab driver, you know, you have, you, you get different myriad of people. And then you get a guy, and it can be a girl. I've had weird, weird, other weird people, girls, guys that, that are, uh, you know, but nobody has ever made me feel unsafe. Never. So, I, you know, just, you know, I always go do my job. And this is broad daylight that this happened. It wasn't nighttime. It wasn't, uh, you know, anything, a questionable area. It, these were areas that I had been. Uh, so I got a phone call and from a man who said his truck had broke down. And he was at the garage where his truck was broke down. And he, and I couldn't get right to him. I only, because I had a few other fares before him, and I didn't really have anybody else to send. I said I'd be there in probably 45 minutes to an hour. And he was fine with that. And he took his card number, because we always require a credit card, to reserve the ride. So I I got there, and... And he was out back at the garage. And usually people tell me if they have dogs. Um, he didn't indicate anything. He just said he needed a ride to Auburn. And uh, that's inland, and it's about an hour and a half away. So it's a, it's a pretty good fare. He, um, so we, I get there, and he's, he's uh, kind of walking and pacing around walking around, comes to the car, and uh, is real happy to see me. Oh, I have two dogs. Do you mind? And usually people, like I said, people ask. They don't just, you know, assume. I said, yeah, it's okay, but we prefer that people ask ahead. So he put them in the car, and they were pit bulls. Which I've had great experiences with pit bulls, but if, if... I know that there there are great pit bulls and they yes. most of the you know they're not, but in this circumstance it was a scary situation. Circumstance it was kind of uh, just disconcerting that mm-hmm. somebody one wouldn't ask, and especially if it's pit bull. And so then he's you know walking around the yard and he he comes back and he has a canvas bag and it's it's looks like it's heavy and it's you know sounds like he's got metal and he puts that in the car and he's got a couple of backpacks and some in the car so it's it's about 20 minutes before we left he was talking to the garage and uh 
Then he asked, uh, well, what's, what's the fare? He never asked the amount. And I told him. And he was like, whoa, the other girl. And I said, well, you can go call the other girl. That's fine. And, and he goes, no, I'll go. So then he gets in the car and he said, okay, I want to go to this other town that is in the opposite direction. It takes about 30 minutes to get there. And, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's like you're, it's a very beyond rural, what I call deliverance land. So I, I said, okay. He said, but that will be it. You'll just drop me off. And I said, great, okay. So we took off. Seemed very nice, but he was like trying to hit on me, which that does happen sometimes. And yeah, that's a, kind of funny for me. Uh, but I, on the way, I texted my family because we have a policy that if we ever feel like we're going somewhere that's out in the middle of nowhere and somebody's going to, you know, like it's just not uh, safe or we don't feel like it would be a safe environment for us, we text and just let people know if they don't hear from us, then go ahead and call the police or if they can't reach us to call the police. And so when we're driving along, he's talking, I'm talking, and we finally get there. He just gets out of the car and leaves the dogs in the car and said, oh, I'll be right back. So he's talking to his buddy. Where was it that you guys had gotten to? Like, was it a house or what did it look like? It was a, um, a camper trailer in the middle of nowhere. There were uh, a couple of houses, but didn't look like they were had people in them so it was literally out in the middle of nowhere and so he talks to him for about 15 minutes and then comes back to the car and says i want to go to uh, to auburn which is which is an hour and a half inland and i'm like not before you pay your fare because this is this is one we weren't even supposed to come to this town and now we're going to another town and I don't even I have your credit card but um I need to get paid why didn't you just run the card uh, we don't generally do that until the end of the fair because we don't know the time we don't know really how long it's going to take if things like this come off why it does make it more mm -hmm. and where I wasn't dropping him off and he had changed his destination. At that point, then we would try to take the fare and take the whole amount. Then he informed me that he didn't have the money to pay for it and that he would have it when he got, we got to the destination. And I said, well, I want proof. He said, oh, well, I can get you proof. We can call the place where I'm going to be selling my goods. And... And that's how he said it, selling my goods. And we can call them and they'll verify that I will get paid when I get there and I will pay you. And I said, okay. So we rang them and so that, and so it came through on the speaker, the speaker on the car. So he could hear, I could hear, and the person 
we could hear what the person was saying. And so I introduced myself and I said, uh, I have a gentleman here who's getting a ride to your place of business and says that you are going to have this, he's going to get money for his goods. And so he goes, well, what goods does he have? And I said, I don't know. And so then he chimed in and he said, I have cats. And I'm, I don't even know what cats are. Cats? I didn't see any cats. I saw dogs get in the car, but no cats. And the guy said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, definitely, we'll be able to pay him for those. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was like, okay. So we get, and I said, okay, that's, that's good enough for me. And you didn't say, I'm sorry, do you have a cat in your canvas No, bag? I did not. You didn't care. You just wanted the just money. Just like, he knows what he has for goods. <laughs> I don't know what cats are, but he did refer to them as cats. And I'm like, okay, cats. Yeah, so that's a new new, new twist on uh, my knowledge. So we we start the journey, and it seemed kind of, And he got really upset with me because I was really forceful. And a lot of people have said, well, why didn't you just tell him to get out? Okay. And I said, well, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you don't want to start a war with somebody. And that's what I felt like I would be doing. I would be starting a war with him. And he would, um, he was, it showed a little bit of volatility uh, on the way, but not not to the degree that he got to. And so he said, uh, wow, you got really upset. I said, yeah, because I don't like to get stiffed. I said, I do a good job. I, I run a good service. I run a small business. And I do expect to get paid. So we went on the journey, and and he fa actually fell asleep. And so we were about 20 minutes from the destination. Just got a, that gut feeling, like, I'm going to get stiffed on this. I just feel like I'm going to get stiffed. And I've been told that if, if I ever am in a situation like that, that I do have the right to call the police because it's just like walking out like out, out of a restaurant without paying. Wait, I'm confused though. How you? How does getting stiff happen if you have the card? Is your thought that the card would bounce? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. Because people have done that before too, or and people have said, "Oh yeah, I have the cash," and then you show up and they don't have the cash. You do your end of the bargain, and I've gotten stiffed a couple of times, and so you you learn. Okay, if you do this, this, and this, that won't happen. Mm -hmm. So, 20 minutes from our destination, he's in the back asleep. And I texted my friends and I said, please call the Auburn police. Um, I feel like I'm getting stiffed on a fair and I, I am not safe. I don't feel safe. And they texted back and said they were on it. And uh, so when they were done, they texted me and said, it's all done. They said they'd be there when you get there. So we get to about uh, five minutes away. And he, he woke up and he got really volatile. Like he was yelling at me saying, you know, well, I'm, you're judging me. And I'm like, how? I said, what am, how am I judging you? I said, I said, based on 
what I see so far, you can pay me, and you told me you didn't need the money. Yeah. That's just facts. Yeah. Facts. And so he got mad because I was telling him the truth. And so then we get to the place, and <clears throat> he gets out of the car, and I just in my head, I'm like, I don't want to spend another minute in the car with these dogs. What's this place look like that you got to? Um, it was like a factory looking, um, and it was a steel, it was a steel recycling plant. Great. Another welcoming spot. Yeah. Right. And so it's, you know, you're, you're, there's a, there's a lot of people there, which was good. I felt better because there were a lot of people around. And so he, he got out, he took his canvas bag and went into the establishment, and um, I got out of the car. The police were not there. And so I texted my friends. I said, the police are not here. And then I got a phone call from them, and they said, we're right outside the gate. And we will, you know, well, we only want to come in if you if you feel like we need to be there, we'll come in. And I said, okay, but we're right outside the gate. I said, okay. And so 15 minutes went by, and then all of a sudden the police come, and they park behind my vehicle. I said, uh, and they, they get out, and he goes, well, we suspect that they're stolen cats, catalytic converters. <laughs> I said, oh, cats, yes. <laughs> I know that it's cats. Mm-hmm. And... He didn't, he, the officer never asked me how I knew that, mm-hmm. that they were cats, but catalytic converters. So I, I got a little education in catalytic converters. And, and so he, uh, he said, asked how long he had been in. So then he came out and he wasn't quite done in there. It was like he was, he was getting squirrely like I thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. And he came out. And he talked to the officers. I have no idea what he talked to them about. I just wanted to get my fare and leave. I had had enough. I was upset. So then he goes back into the building. And the police came around and said, did you tell him how much he owed? I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, he owes me $300 right now. And I said, we went to this other town. Then we went to Auburn. And so the police said that they they were going to try to get the money. And so then the guy comes back out again, and he gives me the card. Oh, it's all set. I ran it three times, and it bounced three times. And so then the police officer took the card, went back in, did something with it. I don't know what, whether they put the money on the card mm-hmm. uh, or what. He brought it back out, and so the guy had, he got upset about the amount. He goes, what? He goes, I don't know that much. And I said, I said, we went here and then we went here. I said, that's a, over a hundred miles total. And the guy was like, no, I'm not going to pay that. That's too much. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So I said, I just want to go home. And I told the officer, I said, this is not my full fare, but I just want to get out of here. So I didn't get my full fare. And so every, Everything he stayed there. I got in the car and I left. Went home. So maybe two hours later, I get a call from him 
the gentleman that I took, and he had left the keys in the back of the car in a cup holder. Did you know the number when it called you? Like, why'd you pick up? I didn't recognize the number. Yeah. I If I had recognized it, I probably wouldn't have, but I answered the phone. And he said that, he said, well, I left my keys in the back of the cup holder. I said, oh, I said, that's really too bad. I said, I have, I still haven't gotten my full fare. And he's like, oh, you want to play it that way? He goes, well, I'm going to come and get you. I said, oh, that's a threat. And he goes, you got it. And so then he says, I'm going to call the police. And I said, oh, yeah, please do, because I'd love to talk to them about this. And I knew that was the last thing he wanted to do. So then he uh, he dropped it. He just hung up. And so then I had called the um, the owner of the garage where I picked him up. And I had, I had told him, I said, you need to check your cars because he was selling catalytic converters, more than likely stolen. So we did, and he had two that were missing. Hmm. And so he was very interested in the keys to, to this guy's truck. The truck had been towed to a different a different storage area because the garage wanted the truck out of there. And so I got the keys to the garage owner. And he took them to the sheriff's. So then I don't, you know, I'm like recovering from all of this because it's so bizarre. I mean, yeah. it never happens that way. Never have I had anybody change their destination. You know, usually when people get in, they know where they're going. They know where they're going before they get in. And they don't they don't ever change it. So that in itself is very bizarre. I think Monday, because that was on a Thursday. On Monday, I got a call from the guy who had towed the, the truck, introduced himself, and I'm the guy who towed the truck. He goes, I understand you didn't get your full fare. I said, no, I didn't. I got... You know, I got maybe two-thirds of it. And he said, well, he goes, it's not his truck. <laughs> it's somebody in Massachusetts. And I'm like, oh, wow. And he said, so, and they want the truck back. So in order for them to get the truck, I am including that your fare what the balance is on your fare gets paid. He said, because I'm a small business owner and I understand that you have to have every dollar, mm-hmm. you know, to run your business. And so when that happens, it just takes away from your business. It doesn't help you. He said, so the person's going to be calling you. I wanted you to tell you that, that they're going to be calling you and hopefully paying their bill. I thanked him. I was very grateful for him doing that he didn't have to but it ended up the truck was not his we don't know if it was stolen from this lady but she didn't she didn't sound like that so she did call and she did give me the rest of the fare and she paid it did she say anything like she said that uh he he had taken it without her consent they said well that would be stealing it but she was involved with him somehow, so I don't know. I don't know the upshot of that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like she's trying to cover her ass in some way because there's a deeper thing going on there. 
Yeah, she's trying to cover something. So, so yeah, that was uh, that was probably the most bizarre story I've ever encountered. And you never heard from him again? Um, no, but I hear, heard from the uh, sheriff's department, and I had to go make a statement. And my, I actually ran into the garage. He mm-hmm. said, he goes, he's probably not, nothing's going to happen to him. He's a murderer. He's a rapist. And the DA knows it, and they're not willing to do anything about it. Wait, oh yeah, you forgot to tell that part of it. How did the murderer and rapist part play in? I just found that out afterwards that he uh, he was involved in a, a murder in a, another town, and uh, that uh, and the and it would probably be con- from my point of view, the garage owner is the one that told me that he mm-hmm. was a murderer and a rapist, and should be behind bars, but he's jeez, yeah, that's uh, I would say that that's the craziest story, and I was not expecting that to come out of your mouth when you told it the other day so at the end of each episode of my podcast i asked something completely different than what we just did which is what is your go-to favorite restaurant in we'll say maine in your area wherever um because i have a giant map of all the episodes i can send you a link to it and it uh it's all over the country it's really now all over the world almost but of where everyone's favorite restaurants are. And it's really cool because if you want a road trip or whatever, you can go to someone's favorite restaurant. So what is yours? My favorite restaurant? Wow. You can take a second. Or if you were to, if, if we were coming to your area and we said, hey, where should we go? Uh, Peter Rott's on the water. Interesting. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.